Thanks for joining us on Beyond the Sermon, the podcast of First Methodist Church in Collingswood, New Jersey. On this podcast, the goal is not just to share our sermons, but to go beyond the sermon and talk about what we're learning and what God is doing in us and in our community. The sermon you're about to listen to comes from our summer 2023 series, Living Stones. In this series, we're looking at who Jesus is calling us to be as he builds us into a spiritual home. You can find more information about our church at fumccollingswood.org. Thanks for joining us for this conversation. Tim looked at me this morning, he's like, or maybe it was last night, it was last night. He's like, we're going to Mexico in less than two weeks. I was like, yeah, it's two weeks yesterday. He's like, oh man. Yeah. <laughs> like now that now that their week at camp is done, it's like, all right, what's That's the next it. thing? Yeah. yeah. And there's no VBS for him. So Mexico's the next thing. Oh, VBS is next week. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What's the official theme for VBS again? Concrete and cranes building on the foundation of Jesus, which is why we're doing this sermon series this summer about living stones and being built into the spiritual home for Christ. I missed uh, Sunday's service. I was able to watch the live stream and it looked like everyone seemed to be fairly comfortable in the great room temple area, whatever you want to call it. Great room. Great room. We're sticking to it. I was going to say, there's like, it seems like there's been a large history with the great room over the years. What has it been used for in the past for people that might be like newer to the congregation? Yeah. So once upon a time, it was like the Christian education center for the congregation. And so they'd start out all together in that big open area and do like opening exercises and sing some songs or whatever. And then they'd split up into the different rooms that would you know get sectioned off or the one the cubbies up in the balcony they'd be different classes of people yeah. like junior high boys and junior high girls and senior high girls and senior high boys and all that kind of stuff and at one point they had a ton of people in sunday school yeah it was like what 200 300 no like a thousand eleven hundred in sunday school yeah a whole lot of people in sunday school that explains the education wing. Right, right. And so they built the education wing in the 50s. It was because it was already that big that they needed more space. Of classrooms. Yeah. As we kind of reflect and think about like the past and the history of this church, where are you leading us with this sermon series? I know it relates to our VBS theme, mm-hmm. but it seems like the foundation of all churches should be the same. And how is that going to be directing us moving forward as a congregation? Yeah, and I think there is definitely a sense in which, as a part of the church universal, we are all called to the same things. But I think in different times and in different seasons, maybe even in in different cultural settings, you know, we're called to kind of reevaluate where we've been putting our emphases and... Uh, lean in really to the things that we're all called to lean into. I'm not trying to say we're supposed to do something that's never been done. Mm -hmm. I hope we're leaning into the things that have always been done, but just with a new emphasis on some of them. And so my goal in this sermon series is to look at who we're becoming. We're kind of in this limbo season right now um, where we're not really sure what the future is going to look like, but we can start now 
to lay the foundation to build the support structure and to live into who we're called to be as a church and kind of kind of put those roots down that'll bear fruit for years to come you know i'm not looking for you know grow your church in the next 30 days kind of stuff i'm 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 thinking like what what's the foundation we need to reset so that for the next 30 years our church can be who God's called us to be. Yeah. I was told once, you know, I can get you a hundred youth kids in the next three months. I was like, go on. Mm-hmm. Not that I want them. To right, months, right, right. I was just curious, you know, because youth is dwindling in, in the church overall in the past mm-hmm. few decades. And um, I was like, well, you just tell everyone I'm giving you $25 for every friend that you bring. And then when those kids come, you say, I'll give you $25 for every kid that you bring. And then, you know, in a few months, you then have over 100 kids. You're going to be broke, but you're going to have right. over 100 kids right. in the church. Right. And, and and the problem with that, though, right, mm-hmm. is that what you win people with is what you win people to. Mm-hmm. If and, if, and so if they're, those kids are only coming for that $25, then when the $25 per friend stops coming... So do the kids. You know, if if we attract people with really big, awesome events here at the congregate at the church and, and people start coming to those big events, well, as soon as those big events stop happening, the people stop coming because what we've won them with is what they then expect to continue yeah. to be normal. And so how do we lean into what should be normative for the church? Mm-hmm. and should be life-giving and attractive to people, right? Yeah. Because we have the best news, right? It's not just good news, it's the best news. And so how do we live that out in such a way that it then brings people to know Jesus? Yeah, and I think the holiness of God's church, but also as people that are filled with the Spirit, are much more attractive and sustainable Than those other things, because with those events, you can find those things in the world. Yeah, right. Like it's it's attainable in the world. You know, there's there's churches that look more like concerts, and people have their own opinions of it. Mm -hmm. I'm not necessarily against that, Mm -hmm. but I know of people that attend those churches strictly because it feels like a concert, right? With a bunch of nice people. Mm -hmm. Um. And then they don't get to know those nice people and they don't get deep more involved in all of those things and whatever it might be. And so it's it's kind of sticking to do we truly believe that what God offers in his word and through his spirit is enough for people and attractive enough for people? Or do we think that we need to spice it up and make it good enough for another generation like God isn't good enough sure. for the next generation. Yeah, and in and in the history of the, the recent history of the church, right? There's been these different church growth models that have been offered up and, you know, for a long time the buzzword was the seeker sensitive church. We want to mm-hmm. make it something that's appealing to people who are outside the church. Yeah. Rather than something that's clearly different and an alternative to what people would find. And so, you know, they were looking for a soft entry. And, you know, then I think he did see a lot of churches grow. And then when tough things came along, 
a lot of those people who had started going to a church because it felt comfortable and it felt okay to enter into, but were never really deeply discipled, mm-hmm. they disappeared. I think that's what happened in a lot of churches in COVID. Yeah, and that's why there a lot of churches are struggling to get back to uh, where they were prior to that. Not that it's all about numbers, right? It's not, not about attendance, but it, each person that's counted on an attendance sheet somewhere is a life. And it's a soul and it's it's their whole circle of people that are being influenced, right? And so, um, well, it's not about the numbers. It, it is about the people. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, there's mega churches right now that say from the top down that we are a church for people that have never been in a church or a church for non-believers and sure. get them to, to come in. But then when you're at... I mean, the ones I'm coming to mind, like 8,000 to 20,000 regular attenders. Okay, where are you transitioning them to? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, it's a, okay, that, that makes sense to a degree. And if that's what you feel called to, but then if they get stuck in that, you know, like there's a glass ceiling to where you're leading them, mm-hmm. then where are you sending them? And that, that's kind of been, been a struggle for me. And when I think of like Jesus's ministry, and people say, well, you know, he only needed 12, and but like there were thousands of people that came mm-hmm. to listen to him and wanted to follow him and people that asked to be his disciples. Mm-hmm. And there were times where he just left. <laughs> like, right, right. All these people came together, just jumped in a boat and kept moving on because he was just, A, all-knowing and just so in tune. So he knew what information they needed to be fruitful and then mm-hmm. moved on and which ones needed to be with him longer yeah. and, and that kind of thing. It wasn't the goal to grow the largest amount of people together because then he would have stayed in so many areas during his travels and just continued to gather in those areas. But mm-hmm. that's not what he was here to do. Yeah. Um, and so it's just kind of having more of that um, kingdom mindset. Oh, I was at Catholic Mass this past Sunday while on vacation. Um, One of my neighbors up in the Poconos invited me out. Okay. uh, I got to go, and there were some good parts of the service that I really, really enjoyed and great message, and there was other things that uh, I had questions about, so so Uh I I asked questions later. But uh, lovely people, lovely, an interesting congregation. One of the things that stood out to me the most was that they had a guest priest in from Ghana Mm. and this is like small rural Pocono Pennsylvania congregation Ghana being West Africa West Africa Ghana not I don't know if there's like a Ghana Wyoming or something I I don't know but I just want to Texas Pennsylvania or Jersey yeah 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 right 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 the universality of God's church Mm -hmm. of like we're called to lead people in the faith and it doesn't matter where you come from we are all children of god and so for him to be the one kind of covering the the local priest for a month Mm -hmm. is just like so beautiful to me yeah that's Um, great anyway one of the things that really stuck out to me was one of the hymns that we had uh sung at at the service and the very last line was something about um we're here to kingdom tend Mm. Mm-hmm. And like with our time here, we're to tend to God's kingdom and help grow God's kingdom. And that being like a vital part of our mission as Christians. Yeah. And that like, I was like, wow, that was just really, really powerful and beautiful. Um, and to have, you know, 
hundreds of people singing this because it was July the 4th weekend. And so even though it's a vacation-y town, to have it, it packed there for all the people that were coming in was just very, very lovely. And yeah, and so it's it's thinking of like, you know, God having living stones in congregations that aren't our denomination or yeah. outside of our church mm-hmm. uh, that are at work and at play. And though we may not agree or emphasize the same things in our practice and our beliefs that uh, they, they went through in the service of Nicene Creed. Yeah. And so it was like, okay, here are the staples. And if we're agreeing on the staples, I think we're in a good place. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as long as we're fully striving to love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength and love our neighbors as ourselves, I think we can move past some other things to move forward to kingdom tend. Absolutely. It's not just the FUMC Collingswood kingdom. No, it's not. <laughs> Nor should it ever it's be. It's God's kingdom. No, 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 no. We have one King and he is Jesus. Amen. Amen. And so that King, our God has chosen us, Scott. Yes. For a lot of things. Do you, do you have a, there's one point where you're like listing off bam 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 a bunch of things that he's chosen us two or four and and yeah. could you throw out a couple of those for us uh, a chosen people a royal priesthood a uh, holy nation and a people belonging to God are God's treasured possession yeah so does that mean God chose who belongs to him like who are going to be Christians I would say no but he's chosen us, he's chosen us, he's chosen us, he's chosen us. Yes. In the sense that he has chosen that those who would put their faith in Jesus would become part of this people of God. Which in years prior before Jesus. Was the people of Israel. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I don't think it's so much about God choosing Scott and God choosing Jeremy. Although he does do the work of drawing us, right? He's he was working by his provenient grace all the time mm-hmm. with all people. Not all people respond, mm-hmm. but God is constantly working to draw us to himself. And so I think there is a, a general sense in which everyone is chosen because we're all loved by God. But there is a sense also in which we have to respond to the grace that God's working in our lives. Um, and so the, the choosing is not an individualistic choosing as much as we Western Americans would love for it to be about me, myself. I think it's actually a, a collective choosing. You know, all those who will believe and put their faith in Jesus, he's chosen them to be this holy nation, this chosen people, this royal priesthood, this treasured possession. And speaking of The Chosen... No, I haven't watched that TV show very much. Uh, I've seen a few episodes now. Oh, which ones? Uh, Like, did you start it off or just random? random? So the the boys started watching it. And I've I've caught a few episodes when they're watching it. But sometimes it's been like while I'm at a meeting or something like that. And they, they let me tag in on the end. But... Thoughts of what you've witnessed so far? Uh, I, I think there's a lot that's helpful in it to mm-hmm. kind of put some skin and bones on the stories that we see in Scripture. I, I think there's some helpful stuff in seeing Jesus with a personality. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of the episodes I saw, you know, he was 
interacting with some kids and there was just this this playful gleam in his eyes that I 100% believe was there. Um, sometimes when we read scripture, we see kind of a two-dimensional Jesus. And I think a show like The Chosen helps us to see a little more in 3D. There have been a few times it's taken some creative liberties and I found myself cringing just a little bit like, oh, we don't know if that's really true or... Oh, I don't know that I would have interpreted that quite that same way. But I think their intention is good. Yeah. And I trust their heart behind it. Yeah. And who am I to say that what I think may have happened is the right way? Yeah. And so I think I think the good vastly outweighs the bad. Yeah. Uh, and, and I agree with what you said. And the, the first season especially because they're building the background of the disciples and yeah, the yeah, yeah. ministry. So it's not like scripture, then scripture, then scripture, then scripture, then scripture. It's a lot of like building things that we don't necessarily see in scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's really interesting, well, first off, I don't know if they did it for the rest of the seasons or just at the beginning of season one or all season one or whatever it might be. But they always say in the beginning of, if you want to know the story of God, nothing is better mm. than reading the gospel. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. This is not to supplement reading scripture. And so I was like that. And at least for season one, they had a round table of like a priest, a pastor, a theologian, and the director. Mm. So that for every episode, so you can go back and they discuss oh. like, why they took certain liberties, why sure. they think it's possible, if not probable, for certain mm-hmm. things and kind of have mm-hmm. those debates, which is really, really interesting uh, yeah. to me. And I especially love the show. Once you get into scripture, because your kids are close, yeah. they got to that kid episode. I think that's like one or two right before it's scripture. Yeah. Well, the and then like and, one of them, the, yeah. the, the wedding was one of the ones I had issues with. That when Thomas shows up as one of the wine servers, I'm like, okay, maybe... All right, like, <laughs> but since we don't know his introduction, then like, right to to create one, yeah. So you have to, right, yeah. right. You have to find some way, and and after I got over that initial like, <laughs> then that I could anyway. see. But he's also going to go to India <laughs> and save yeah. the entire subcontinent. Yeah, yeah, but anyway. no. So it's, yeah, I think it's definitely worth worth a watch and for people that don't know scripture to those that are very well read in scripture there's even more nuggets in there and references Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. people that know their scripture well that i really appreciate but it doesn't make people that watch it that don't know anything about scripture feel left out it's not like you need to know the inside stuff yeah um which is great and there i think like in over 70, 80,000, no, 70, 80, over like 70, 80 languages oh, wow. at this point because um, some of our uh, missionaries that we support are part of organizations that during COVID when their missionaries couldn't go out, they took the time to help translate that. Uh, so they yeah. have access to mm-hmm. at least the chosen in their homes online in yeah. their native language. Yeah. Um, and so that was just really beautiful. God was able to use that. And so where, where, do, you, where do you see us going this summer without spoiling necessarily this specific this specific sermon series mm-hmm. but where where do you well there's no spoiler i mean <laughs> anyone can pick up the bible and then you know think figure it out but um <laughs> if you were sitting here in my office with me and jeremy you'd see up on the wall i've got each of the dates listed and the the weeks when you know 
somebody else is going to be preaching because like I'm in Mexico or something like that. Um, you're in Mexico too, dude. Um, I, know, but I wasn't supposed to preach that week. Yes, you were. <laughs> I had you scheduled. No. Um, but then, and then I've got a list of like these ideas of who are we becoming? And I was just trying to brainstorm some ideas, not for myself. I was praying. I was asking Jesus, um, but trying to get down to like, if there were six or eight, like big rocks that I wanted to make sure we talked about this summer. Like, what are those really important things about who we're going to be as a church? And I think if I asked five or six people, I wouldn't get six or eight answers. I think I'd end up with more like 15 or 20 different answers mm. to choose from. And that's kind of what I have here. I think I've got 12 or 15 on the board myself. Um, so what are like the, the most important things? Like we want to be Jesus centered. Absolutely. That's got to be the biggest rock. Um, and we started to talk about that a little bit on Sunday, uh, that, that Jesus is that foundation. But then what are, what are some of the other important things? And what are kind of smaller things that help support the bigger rocks or fill in a gap between two big rocks? Because some of the things that I think are vitally important is that we've got to focus or be driven by relationships, right? We're not, we're not called to run a bunch of programs. We're called to be in a relationship with God, with others in the church, with others outside the church, with other churches. And so how do we let that kind of idea of relationality be one of the driving factors in how we live together as a community of faith? When it comes to discipleship, I don't want to be just about information or education, as important as those things are. Uh, but when it comes to discipleship, I want our discipleship to be transformation fostering, right? Where it's not just that people are learning more about who God is or learning more about what scripture says, but that their lives are being changed by those realities. So trying to figure out what those big ideas are. Yeah, I was thinking in, in regards to fostering transformation of nurses that smoke outside of the hospital mm. <laughs> like uh or or extremely overweight nutritionists mm. like people that they have all the knowledge of what they should be doing and they're the ones telling people what they should be doing in and yet and yet they're going across it and if you ask them they're like oh i know i'm not doing it i was like well What's the point of having all of this knowledge if it's not even benefiting yourself? Yeah. Uh, and and changing how you live. Um, and so, if you're a smoking nurse, uh, please stop. <laughs> that's my message. Well, that's our conversation for today. But that doesn't mean the conversation is over. We'd love to hear your thoughts on these topics as well. To ask a question about anything we've discussed in this episode or to join the conversation, you can head over to fumccollingswood.org slash podcast. Thanks for being part of this conversation.